Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friend Hannah and I are going to be going over Volume 1 of Jupiter's Legacy. We are reading this in anticipation of the soon-to-be-released Jupiter's Legacy Netflix series. We're going to be going over Jupiter's Legacy Volume 1, which collects the original title, Jupiter's Legacies number 1 through 5, written by Mark Millar and Frank Quietly. After recording this episode, we decided that we both need to record a second episode, so stay tuned for next week as we go over Jupiter's Legacy Volume 2. Just a warning, there are going to be full and complete spoilers for Jupiter's Legacy number 1 through 5, and remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to clobber the like and subscribe buttons, as well as leave me a 5-star rating interview on iTunes. Now, here's your episode on Jupiter's Legacy. 1932, Sheldon Sampson's dreams about a mysterious source of power lead him, his brother Walter, and a group of loyal followers on a quest around the world. What they discover sets them on a course that will wrench a family apart and alter the world's political stage. Decades after their journey, Sheldon and Walter are super-powered legends, world-renowned for their heroism. But the offspring trained to live in their image have fallen desperately short. Rocked by one public scandal after another, Chloe and her brother Brandon are a dishonor to their family the generation before them. The rift reaches its breaking point when one branch of the family overthrows the government and struggles to rule at any cost, while the others must flee for their own safety. But when the failures of the corrupt leaders catch up to them, the world hovers on the brink of collapse, and the hidden heroes must emerge to take back their legacy. Okay, Hannah, welcome back to Cameron Reads Comics, and can I just say that we are so glad you're here, because I'm actually really excited to talk about this book in particular. It's been a while since I've been on. Yeah, it has been. You have uh, you have been on... What, has it been a while? I think my birthday was the last one we did. And what did we read? Bad Weekend. That was the last time you were on? Mm-hmm. I find that hard to believe. Okay, well, you'll be back soon enough because you're going to be back for ranking the best yeah. picture nominations. The most fun. And the, the one that I'm like the most prepared and qualified for. Yeah, probably. I, I, These ones are a real crapshoot with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's always hard to find someone's tone, you know what I mean? Like is giving them the right writers to read. And this one was kind of, I was like, Hannah can watch it, like read this and watch it because the, I don't know how you felt about the book we read, but it was, pre- it was very short. Was it? It was only five issues. Oh. I'm like, did you read it in one sitting? Yeah, I did. Okay. Then it was fairly short. Okay. <laughs> but all the ones you've given me have been. Yeah. My yeah, only yeah. context for comics thus far has been like easy to do in one sitting type of book so I that's my 
Hannah, you've officially read like three comics, so basically you're you're a, you're a you're a I know you're a comic fan. And if, if people be like, oh, do you read Marvel? You're gonna be like, no, no, I actually read indie books. And they're like, what? And you're like, oh yeah, Millar World. That's me, Mark Millar, big fan. Ooh, Ed Brubaker. And they're gonna be like, who's that? And you're gonna be like, uh, he spent pretty much ten years on Captain America, but he's also doing the Criminal Universe, and I'm a professional at that. So Ooh, that's a lot of information I got to retain That'd to be, be able to <laughs> talk about. <laughs> those things that's how you're gonna mock people so <laughs> all right it'll be good i can't wait i can't wait for you um hannah so you are going to well let's just talk about what we read today number one jupiter's okay. legacy i didn't know if we were like not saying the title i didn't you were, say like, it tiptoeing around it you were like the book that we read. <laughs> the like, book are we, we read. Are we allowed to talk about what I read? You know, we are filming are we allowed this. Allowed to name it? Yeah, no. <laughs> Actually, no. That's the new rule of the podcast. We don't own the IP for the movie <laughs> for what we're reading. Um, let it be known amongst all the fans that I have not had my coffee hit this morning yet. Okay, I've had two cups, but it is not You've doing had its two job. Two cups. Two little. I've had a sip of mine. And you're still more awake than me. Must be nice. I'm a morning gal these days. I I feel like I'm a morning guy, but you know, it's the proof is not in the pudding. Let no, me tell not. you. <laughs> um, so you and I are going to let's just dive right in. Let's dive let's right do in. It. I'm like, why am I tiptoeing around? I don't know. So. <laughs> That's why I'm I'm also confused. Okay, so I guess Jupiter's Legacy, and for the fans contextually, we didn't. They have since the show is coming out because there's a show coming out mm-hmm. on this series. Um, the, the, for the fans. The the way they are numbering these volumes now is different. It's like the Star Wars films mm-hmm. where they came out well, for these books. They came out three and four and then they released one and, and two. And then they're going to go back. Yes. So I think so there's two volumes of what we just read. You read the first volume. So this came out after. But this the, is volume one. This, this is, is the four. first one that came out. But now the, in the new series that they're publishing. like Oh, in for the, the show. Yeah. And the reprints, they are doing just like one and two or like this this is volume three technically now and what and how they're distributing it i'm like that's not how they were released this is number one and so it's like star wars four five six then one two three still confusing to me you're telling me i'm like (laughs) i'm like trying to find out what is the appropriate number one maybe i missed all this context but like i don't know i think i think this book did a good job of like providing its context so for the fans we are reading jupiter's legacy number one through five it is you know, the covers with uh, Chloe and I think that's Brandon. Uh, thank you, Brandon, on the cover. So, one through five of that series, how they were originally published. Um, Hannah. Wait, when you say one through five, you mean how, like, in this book, there's chapters? Yeah, but it was released as actual comic book issues. And actually, oh. now that I think about it, you haven't read any, you haven't read any, like, because everything I've given you, the criminal stuff, is all like it's just one book like that is a it's called a one shot mm-hmm. meaning that it is just published like that it's a one and done yeah so it's like 60 60 pages boom right these are like you know they come out monthly oh, <laughs> so this is five months worth of issues so it's five issues of comic books in, in one, one volume oh i was wondering why you kept saying we would run through five i was like cameron no i read one <laughs> Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. so it is got issues it. number one through five collected in volume one. Got it, and got it, got it, got it. And that's it. where okay. we're at. Cool. So, okay, now 
I guess going into that, moving mm-hmm. forward to actually mm-hmm. the source material mm-hmm. is my fault. We've not gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about, what did you think about the story? Oh, it was great. I loved it. Really? Yeah. And I'm surprised that I loved Me it. Me too. To be honest, I, I told you like a couple nights ago, I, or like two nights ago, I read the first like five pages and I was really tired and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be. I'm going to have to like really like push myself through this one. And then yesterday or last night I when I read it, I was like it it was it was quick. Like I was like, "Oh, okay. Now I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it." Because yeah. the one thing that I keep finding not so much with um my hair has always been junkies, but I did the problem. I had the same problem in Bad Weekend and I started to have the problem here. I cannot remember the characters' names for some reason. But this one what like and also with those stories you know, it's it's one thing when you're reading a Captain America story and it, you know who Captain America is, you know yeah. who Sharon Carter is. For this one, it's like we are in, being introduced and to the, all these characters for the first time and the, it is really kind of just dialogue bubbles that we are piecing together who is who because they don't right. say, I'm Chloe. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like they, they throw a name out maybe one time mm-hmm. and in, in like a conversation, like they say to her, like, hey, Chloe, and then that's how you have to grab that yeah. that's her name. And if, I, if I'm... I mean, I read it, but like, yeah, it doesn't like stick. And then, so I was like, oh shoot, he's gonna like. I was already panicking about like recording it and talking to you about it. And he's, I'm like, oh, he's gonna ask me like blah blah blah, and I'm not gonna remember. I'm gonna have to be like, oh yeah, the you know the one guy with the black hair. But by the end of it, I, I mean, I, I know like I have all the names, but it just took me a minute. And then I was surprised that I liked it so much. And then I remember thinking like halfway through, I was like. I want to give this one to my brother. Like he's my brother's going to love this one. Well, then tell him to watch the show. Like that's the best way we could spread these is like just watch the series because this is this creator is actually just like so famous. Actually, for some more context into you know, I'm glad you liked it. Number one, but more context into this guy, uh, Mark Millar is one of people can say he's the best comic book writer, like modern comic book writer. And like I don't know, that's a, there's a solid argument there. Mm-hmm. He is he wrote okay so for your Marvel and DC content, he wrote uh, Old Man Logan, which was the framework for the Hugh Jackman's final Wolverine movie, Logan. Hannah, Hannah, so for the fans, Hannah was watching Civil War two nights ago, and that's, so she read this last night. He wrote Civil War, the event for Marvel. Oh my God. Yeah, literally, and like, and- I did so good. I don't know if it's a reflection of you. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, but it's, it's a- he did a bunch of stuff like that, but even more. Like, he did Superman Red Sun, which is arguably one of the best Superman stories that's not even quite about Superman. Um, but, yeah, he, he his footprint, like, okay, kick-ass. Uh, Kingsman, mm-hmm. he's written mm-hmm. all those. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's Netflix bought his – he has an imprint of his own name be- because he was taking on all these titles. Uh, Jupiter – or Malar World is the imprint that he owns. Okay. So his name's Mark Millar. Is the show gonna be on Netflix? Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's already. It is. Okay. Uh, yeah, how's the How's this casting for you? The The Utopian is gonna I be know. played by Josh Duhamel. Uto- okay. That was how you intro to how I, you were like, "Here, read this book. We're gonna watch this movie, or we're gonna watch this show." Josh Duhamel plays the guy, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> sure." My. I hadn't ever really professed myself as like a huge Josh Mel fan but that was your leading argument and I was like yeah it works I'm like, it's good I, enough for me except now after this I'm like wait am I allowed to do full like spoilers on this yeah full spoilers girl well like he's only he's gonna die yeah but real, okay. real quick this is why well real number one quick in there think about what no not that quick 
So so the show is is gonna be I okay, so the way they were released, remember, it was three, four, then one Mm -hmm. and two. Mm -hmm. So the first two volumes now that have been deemed the the prequels of this series is all his story with his wife. Oh, okay. And that the makes uncle. Sense. And so yeah. it's like, they're going to go back and look. And, you know, there's a lot of time that he's going to spend on the island. I think the series is going to end with their, like with his death. Oh. I mean, I think there's a lot of wiggle room in there. And if you want to, I'm like, we can pick this up. Because I, I really enjoyed reading this as well. And there's one that comes after this, yeah? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's like three. Because the way this one ends is very like, oh, yeah. there's going to be another issue. Oops, yeah. sorry. Hannah's hitting her mic. It's okay, though. I'm just being you. Yeah, I know. I'm like, welcome to the club. It's <laughs> it's a very lonely journey. Okay, um, let's just get into the characters. Uh, how did you feel about the dichotomy between the idealism before they got their powers and then the vanity within how their children treat their powers? So you, you have, and I wrote down the name, so you're already better than I am because I couldn't follow that well. So Sheldon Sampson is the mm-hmm. utopian. Walter Sampson is Brainwave, his brother. Grace Kennedy Sampson is is Sheldon's wife, the utopian's wife. She is lady Liberty. Then they have two children, Chloe and Brandon. That is, uh, the utopian's children. So the Mm -hmm. utopian is like pretty much Superman. He's idealism. He is hope. And he is just trying to do the best he can. And then, um, you know, he's, he's pretty much the world's great. I really like the idea too, that he is, he has a secret identity and he values his secret identity. And like, he just is a mechanic during the day. Well, it's very, it's like, it's like endearing about him in this like very old school, very like classic. Like he reminds me of, he reminds me of somebody who's like, who's like our grandparents. Who's like, no, this is how we do it. This is the way, this is how we always done it. Like very like true to the country, very like patriotic, very like by the book sort of. And like in all his values, I mean, aside from obviously the huge topic or like the underlying topic is how he failed as a parent because he was so distracted and so busy saving other people and like but like his ideals and his values are so sweet and like old-fashioned and then his brother on the flip side is the one who's like our system's broken which was like relatively timely i mean it was his was way more like economically driven but like all of the arguments that they were having i was like oh this is i've heard this recently (laughs) and um which goes to show too that like all of the issues are like cyclical. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it, it's 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 how like inflamed they are at the moment. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk and, about. But it reminded me a little bit of um, the uncle, mm-hmm. Walter, right? Walt? The uncle is Walt. Yeah. Um, that's like the influence that I was like, oh, those are like very like lo- like very subtle reminders for me of the boys. Especially afterwards, like, after they take over and, like, in their world, they're like, why are we hiding? Like, superheroes are supposed to be, like, egotistical. And and, 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 and in that world, like, that was, like, very much of, like, how it was with the boys. Like, the vanity of it and the self-obsession and that kind of thing. Yeah, I I just thought it reminded me of... I think you told me that. What, that it reminded me of the boys? Yeah. Oh, it totally did. Because, yeah. you know, it just, it, it's a thing that lifts the veil of superheroes. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it, 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 it I just, it's so interesting. And especially like the way that the, we're referring to, uh, what's the face, like Walt as old fashioned. 
I find that so interesting because I'm like, my question then would be like, do Walt you, wasn't old fashioned. Or sorry, Walt, not uh, Sheldon or yeah. Utopian. Him being old fashioned, did you feel like he was actually old fashioned? Do you think that his principles were uh, out of touch and like they've expired? No, I guess not. I guess. Because cause that's, like, a big thing that has been taking place in the current, like, I've seen it a lot in Superman stories, but I've seen it in, like, I think that's one of the conversations that surrounds the boys and, like, other mm-hmm. things are, like, are these ideas worth fighting for? Because I think one of the best things that makes a good villain is that, you know, what Walt did is the most logically consistent thing. He's, like, he used logic and, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, there there was critical thinking there. And I think if you look at it on paper, it is the correct move. Mm-hmm. But giving people the free will to actually do what they did, like uh, to to make that decision, is an entirely different thing, and, and that's and that's what uh, Utopian's fighting for. He's like, right. we are. But then Walt's like, we can use our powers for something greater, and I'm like, huh? It just I'm but chewing then, on it. But then it's hard too because they then they didn't. Exactly. And so, I guess maybe outdated. Or like old fashioned, it wasn't really like the right. I just I feel like the I feel like what he was saying and what, what Utopian was like standing for yeah. are the more like the classic values that have course, been yeah. what we've been raised on, what our parents, our grandparents, what has. It's like this. They're the same themes that are in like any movie, any Marvel, even of like fighting for humanity and like having faith in people and fighting for the greater good of yeah. other, you know, and like <laughs> watch the civil war once. Sorry. <laughs> she okay. just watched it. Okay. But I also have to, I I've seen it before. I know this wasn't, no, I'm just I'm like letting people oh, know that I'm not, it it's not like I've never seen civil war. I just had questions from Falcon and winter soldier that I felt like I could use a refresher. So I rewatched civil war Okay, and it was better the second time I'm going to say. Oh, that's significantly better than the first time I watched it. Yeah, there were anyways. Um anyways, my point is maybe their values are not I don't think they're outdated, but I think that they're old. I meant old-fashioned in the sense of like they're classic, they're reoccurring. Yeah. They're like the themes that I would not say are wrong at all, but in the way that that it gets posed between like Walt's argument and Sheldon's argument, Walt does make a better argument like he his yeah, yeah. his the, what he's describing I, even i was like oh sheldon come on be cool man get with it get yeah. with the times <laughs> yeah right 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 <laughs> you know and he's like we need to have faith in like the the politicians we elect and i was like oof uh, <laughs> another argument i've any, heard recently <laughs> anyways yeah. oh my gosh that's so funny um how do you feel about the relationship of the utopian with his children okay so at first I I honestly did not like Sheldon, like the way, and I don't know if they wanted if that's how they wrote it, and so I just exactly what he wanted, which is probably the case. Yeah. But today, I was thinking about it when I was driving here, and I think it's such an interesting dynamic that both Brandon and Chloe are very clearly messed up from their parents and from their dad, in particular, and. But it's such a different dynamic and such a different relationship between father and sons and fathers and daughters. Yeah. And there's so much like softness with Chloe 
with and there's not that at all with Brandon like even though like Chloe's just as much of a fuck up as Brandon is in her own ways it's like she's still received with much more love and like she comes back in a much more sweeter sense and then the way Grace is talking about like oh your dad's so excited about the pregnancy he brought the toys out he was getting everything ready oh my gosh and then that's the scene and then that's the scene but those you never see any of that with Brandon like there's it's much I mean, obviously, I hated Brandon the whole time. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, well, he was hot, but I didn't like him. <laughs> I'm like, dang. <laughs> but also, I'm like, yeah, no. But he, so was Hutch. He wasn't a good guy. Hutch, I... Dreamy. Oh, oh okay. Well, wait. Oh, no, there's more. There's more questions. I'm still... My brain's figuring itself out right now. Um, Yeah, no, I think... I, I like Sheldon. I think you're right. I think that there's there's half of it where it's like we don't like where he's coming from. We we aren't huge fans of like what his principles are or like I guess there's a great scene that kind of shows why we don't like him and like but Sheldon also, or Brandon? Sheldon. Uh-huh. But why he's right is because uh it's when you know Walt is he, he interrupts the meeting that Walt has with like the the Congress mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, you you can't be doing this. And he's like, why can't I do this? And, you know, Walt lays out pretty much a really great reasoning on why he should use it. And then Sheldon just ends it. And he says, because I said so. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and he says, Oh, like I can see why your children feel so disenfranchised. And it was like, he just got gutted. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh. That was the first time I was ever just like, Ooh, (laughs) like, and you're kind of on Walt's side in the beginning too. Cause he has that whole conversation uh, like right in the beginning after they take down that first like villain guy and he's talk like Walt's talking in defense of Chloe and Brandon and you kind of feel like like I'm I look I came at it from like a being protective over like the kids and feeling bad for them and then feeling like Walt was kind of on their side and kind of trying to explain that to Sheldon and like Sheldon does come off like a super pompous asshole like he's super like dis he's not likable in that sense yeah absolutely um yeah no who's your favorite character chloe chloe was your favorite or hutch hutch was my favorite because he's oh my gosh this actually ties into a wonderful conversation we've had this week (laughs) okay so for the listeners (laughs) you may hate me if you need to unsubscribe from the podcast based on this opinion i get it and like do what you want oh no I'm scared. Okay, I was ta- I've was. i been watching Game of Thrones, and I think I'm at oh tail end of season five. I might God. be in season six now. Um, and I think that Ramsey is he incredibly cannot. charming oh my God. of a villain. I just think he is. I and thought like, you agreed that you're going to not claim him as charming. Um, I'm just like... I, thought, this, you, I th- thought you took that back. This was the fruition of that conversation. But... But this has to do... I What? The fruition of that conversation was I thought he was charming. Whether or not I think that now, I probably just won't declare publicly. But never mind that. Anyways, now. You just did. Yeah, literally. That's why I said never mind that. This is the most public. It's recorded live. Hannah, I love love my followers. I don't have that many. So it's (laughs) not as public as... If I'm going to be known as this guy, I will gladly... What if this is the thing that makes you famous? I'm down. I got... Also, if you disagree, go listen to my... 
30 plus other episodes and you know maybe maybe we'll find something we agree on so okay i'm just curious to see how where you're gonna tie that back into this to jupiter's legacy hutch is the son of a supervillain that betrayed uh what's his face that betrayed the utopian yeah i don't think hutch isn't a good guy he's not a superhero and so my point is He's a very charming supervillain, and that's what I like about him. And that's, that's but Hutch the... isn't a supervillain. Yeah, he is. He's done nothing villainous. Villainous in the story that you know him as, but he—he's the son of a supervillain. He's not a superhero, and that's the difference. I know that. I guess you're right. Maybe, maybe it's—he's a supervillain, but I, how's this? I don't think he's a good guy. Why? Because they like have super crazy coked up sex, and that's why they're exes. Okay, but you're using. What? Well, what are we talking about? Because I'm saying, in this issue that I, in what I read, yes, which I can't argue, we can't have a conversation about what you read and I didn't, and how they portray <laughs> no, Hutch and other things. In this, he's not. He, there's nothing about him that I find at a fault whatsoever. I mean, he's a he's a druggie at first. Yeah, he like supplied. Yeah. He was, what, what, what's the word he says? He's like, I'm oh, a he's a drug distributor. Yeah, a drug, <laughs> he said because it's a different uh, like tax bracket. Oh, that's or, exactly like it's why. a different uh, salary. I just think what they did with that character was number one, it reaffirmed that because he's not he's not a proper superhero. Whether or not he's a supervillain, I guess we, that's up for debate. But he's not a good person. He's a drug dealer. He is not good for the daughter. And but he turns out to be. No, I think you know. It, I think that's the, one of the strengths of, strengths of this book is that the, the the paradigm shift of the of the good guys actually really becoming the bad guys, and then the bad guys kind of become the good mm-hmm. guy. Because I wouldn't say Chloe's a hero or a good character, anyways. Because you know, cut, cut to Chloe and Brandon. Brandon's trying to save that boat, and then all the they're the shipping crate like container boat, and all the containers start falling off because he's like. All drugged, drunk. Yeah, Brandon. Prostrated. Brandon is consistently horrible. I suppose, but okay. I as of as of right now, as of what I have read, there is nothing redeeming in Brandon. Really, nothing. I'm but shocked. in Chloe and in Hutch. Oh, they're the just best. Just constant redemption. They're the best. And so I don't look. Your argument right now. Yeah, d- is explain, that... explain it to me because I don't know how I'm coming off right now. In okay. my head, everything makes sense, and I am, I'm, I'm, I'm. You should have gone for cup three or four, maybe. Cusp of greatness right now. <laughs> I'm like, Cameron, did you just solve world hunger with that thought? Maybe. Well, did you just see that? Yes. That was a mouse. Sorry. Okay. For you the, can cut that out. We're not going to. For the fans, we are recording in a place, and there are mice that live here. Mice that live here sometimes. <laughs> oh, we just saw guy. one He's of them. He's just a little guy. He's just um, a little fella. It's just a little ratatouille. Anyways, what? Okay, here's what I'm hearing from you. You don't like Hutch, and I, you don't think that I'm sorry. It's not that you don't like Hutch. That's what I said, yeah. You think that Hutch is a villain, and you don't think that Chloe is a good person either but you're basing that off of the fact that they were once upon a time drug users i guess i'm it's more uh, where's your empathy cameron where's your ability to see the road of recovery as their strength i do need cut three or four okay and (laughs) i feel like yes he was a drug dealer the road to recovery. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Keep it chill, Super Soul Sunday. Oh my gosh! 
I'm like, hey, I didn't say that. All right. <laughs> oh my God, you just compared me to Oprah. Yeah, you Thank did. you yeah. so much. Um, all I'm saying is she was a drug user. He was a supplier. They have a clearly tumultuous relationship that's like, you know, it's probably influenced heavily by their drugs. And like you referenced a weird sex world, but I haven't seen that yet. Weird sex world? You said they have weird sex. Well, I just mean like the fact that they're not supposed to be together and they're dysfunctional and Oh, but I love a good forbidden Forbidden Love. And <laughs> love that's why I knew you'd like love. This book was literally <laughs> a combination of my heroes have always been junkies and the boys. And I was like, This is Hannah all over it. But you know what's even better? What? What I love more than a glorified drug use story Damn. is one that ends well. Did this end well? Yes. Okay. Okay. But wait, let me go back to defending what I was trying to say. Okay. Let me bridge some gaps <laughs> that the coffee. Because you sound like an asshole right now. Oh, good. I'm just kidding. That's you always great. I probably do. It's fine. It's probably not the first time either. No, it's just, it's our classic debate. We have it constantly. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh my I want you I to write lots of context. More. Okay. So really what I was trying to say is that uh, the there's those two and they have no pretty much no right being together i don't think he is a traditionally a good person well neither is she well i know i know that's what i'm trying to say and so but i do think that number one he's my favorite character because i think he is charming and you see his redemption story and you find out that is charming yeah ramsey ramsey not and that's what i was trying to say is like oh wow do you think he can exist as a charming he's not quite a villain and i think you're right but he is not a I don't think he's a good guy. I think he turns into a good guy, and I think you find out that he is more, he is, he is a better person than everyone else who we thought were good guys. Which I'm also a sucker for. And so I'm down for that, but I don't think that he is. And maybe, and maybe I'm using some old-fashioned, you know, like yardsticks that aren't quite, you know, some measurements that aren't quite like mm-hmm. timely anymore or, mm-hmm. or quite as valid. And I will definitely receive that, the brunt of that ramification or like, I, I know that, you know, hearing myself say it and then you question it. I'm like, Ooh, you're right. That isn't like quite good. But I don't think, I think that he, I guess he wasn't a villain ever, but he was never quite a good guy either. Made to He wasn't a good guy in the first 10 pages. Yeah, literally. And then he's a great guy. And that made an impression. I sang that for you, for the audience. <laughs> I'm going to pretend you tried to not compare him to Ramsey and just take your argument as him being a villain in itself. And he's charming. Right. So I'm going to just try to let that be your argument and pretend that you didn't say the Ramsey thing because I will take you down if that's your argument because I could give you like... I mean, it's also tough because you haven't finished... Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. So I can't go crazy, but also where you are and what you have seen is enough. That's true. But also, um, like, what has Hutch done? He was a drug dealer. He also freaking threw Problem. a guy. He literally like threw a guy into shark infested waters. That was pretty chill. That was kind of sick. It was so sick, and I'm like, but he's he, a bad guy. The cool thing is though, like, also I forgot about that. What? Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, Hannah, it's not like he's a freaking angel right now. <laughs> And and you're like, what did he do that was bad? And I was like, he was a drug dealer. And you're like, what? Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, I was like, Lady Fur. They're like, we have mind powers and da 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 super strength. And he's just like shark infested waters. And he's like, unless you want to go to, like, air. What, what do you say? Go in the air or be the first man on the, on moon. the moon. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah but apparently, according to him, he's a good guy. Um, <laughs> no, no, because I think I think again the the, the I love, narrative. I love a complicated 
I love a complicated man and a complicated love story. What can I say? He's got layers. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, Hannah just comes in on podcast and she says, I can fix him. <laughs> um, okay, the reoccurring so, theme in my life that gets me nowhere. Yeah, okay, but wait. I think I originally asked, and this is how the coffee's not hitting. I originally asked <laughs> yeah, that, how ask. do we feel about the utopian <laughs> relationship with his children? And I think that it is such a interesting and human dynamic to, to pursue the fact that he is trying to take care of the entire world and thus the two most familiarly, like mm-hmm. the two most relationship like relationships he should care about, he has failed at. And mm-hmm. then he's like, I didn't only fail you, I also failed your sister. And then mm-hmm. you find her, she's a humanitarian, but then she's like... Doing coke, ODs, it's crazy. Oh my gosh. Nice. I loved it. Loved it. And also, of course he failed. Elaborate on that. I mean, you, like you said, he was trying to save the whole world and keep the whole world afloat. There's, There's no room. Being a good parent takes all your energy in itself Mm -hmm. and all your time and all your skill and that's not like that's not something something's got to give so if you've got the whole like literally the weight of the whole world on your shoulders there's like no way that your kids were going to be okay and you weren't going to sacrifice like something was going to get sacrificed unfortunately yeah he clearly put more priority in the world whether that was because there was more fame in that or more vanity in that or more whatever he got more he clearly got more gratification for saving the whole world than he did for his kids maybe at some point he realized that like his kids are too far gone and like he didn't he wasn't able to cope with that yeah which is why he was just like consistently hard on them when like what he really should have done at some point was like be like kind and soft and generous towards them but I felt like the mom at least the mom and Chloe's relationship was very much Oh, not very much, but like the way that she re- like welcomes her back. Okay, the mom. We Oof, need to talk here about we this. go. Here we go. This was the most important <laughs> detail. Okay, she gets freaking gutted. Oh no, not quite that. Oops. I was, I was literally, I was going an entirely different way, and but I need to make sure we say it because it is consistent with Hannah and Cameron's story, which is the mother in the television series is going to be portrayed by Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb. No, she's not. Is the wife. To the one and only. The great. Sam Rockwell. God damn it. Um, that is just beautiful. Isn't that the best thing you've ever heard? It's the best thing you've ever heard. I'm like so, I was like. I have such a smile on my face right now. <laughs> it is a big one. Um, but yeah, okay, so let's go back. I mean, talk about a dreamy couple though. Oh my. Just real quick. You know what the best part to you, and for the Iron Man 2 fans, Leslie Bibb and Sam Rockwell. So like in the first Iron Man, Tony Stark like sleeps with Leslie Bibb's character, and then the next one, the next film, she's interviewing Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer and whatever tech industry is going on. But she literally cuts the interview short when he had well, pretty much Tony rubs it in Sam Rockwell's face that he slept with this chick. But then on top of that, she cuts the interview short with Justin Hammer to go watch Tony like fight whiplash in the whatever race it was. Which but one is that in the third? The second one. And and it is just the best thing because I'm like that's actually his wife so I'm like I love Ouch. I love that entire dynamic. Anyways, anyways, that there's a, there's a great <laughs> there's a <laughs> that's great, our 
our uh, traditional Sam Rockwell tangent that has to happen. It must. And now we can get back to the story. And I'm like, what's what's the Kevin Bacon game? Like the 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 seven, six degrees or seven six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Six, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon? Six degrees of Sam Rockwell every yeah. time on this podcast. <laughs> um, we'll find a way to loop him in. Oh, gladly. <laughs> um, so okay. How did you feel about this cynical approach to superheroes as opposed to something you've seen on The Boys or other media? How did you feel about their approach? Uh, what do you mean? In Jupiter's I, Legacy. Like, this is not, you know, you, when you see capes and when you see, like, you know, uh, I guess superheroism, we have a posture that we have been, you know, just kind of saturated with towards them, which is... We, we like them, or they are going to be upright. They are going to be good. Oh, okay. Well, I, I feel like The Boys doesn't do that to me. Yeah, so. but, but I mean with 20-plus Marvel films and however many DC movies, yeah. we kind of have yeah, a yeah, posture yeah, yeah, towards yeah. that. Yeah. How did you feel about this one? This particular posture towards them. Yes. Like, I think they were they portrayed them as, yes, they can have superpowers, and yes, they can try and save people, but no matter what, under the mask, despite all of your ability, we have flawed characters. And I think that's what works in the story. Yeah. Well, so they didn't... <clears throat> maybe just... I, I, I didn't feel like there was um, a long enough build in the beginning of, like, why you love these characters superheroes or these characters so when they like turn on them and they kind of become the like villain and they kind of become the ones doing all of the damage i didn't have any feeling towards them of like oh i used to really like that character oh oh now like so like i just looked at all of them honestly like the villain because i didn't ever have a point where i was like oh i love these superheroes like it would be like if all of a sudden they tried to make like captain america like terrible i would be like gutted and like so heartbroken about it because i've but like i didn't care about these characters i don't even know their names like they were just like well they were just people to me who were like good and then all of a sudden they were bad and i was like oh so they're just bad <laughs> like i didn't have i didn't ever have a moment with them so i don't and and they don't really show the world's response they don't show them being like overly popular or famous with like just like society so that also I didn't have that side of it either. Whereas like the boys, it's like on the outside, it's very glorified of who they are Mm -hmm. in Marvel and DC. It's like ever, you know, like they're all well received, but like they don't show that in this one. So the only, like the only people that I ended up caring about at all were like Chloe Hutch and their kid and anybody who was trying to hurt them. I was like, you're the villain. You're the villain. You're the villain. Brandon, I get it. Like I get where, I get where they're going with his character. And it's I'm excited to like keep reading it, but I'm not as of right now. I'm also like, you are such like a spineless fool. <laughs> Damn, going right for the jugular, <laughs> right for the spinal. What kind of injury was that? Spinal. Like, but if you don't know that meme, look it up. But uh, you okay? Actually, we have not talked about Uncle Walt really enough, in my opinion. And so, mm-hmm. really, kind of the the plan that he enacted. Before we go into that and, like, his arc, how would you feel about, like, him as a character and, like, I guess the sequence of him, and I think one of the best, I guess, uses of writing in, in the medium was, oh, I took you to a really beautiful beach and, like, in your mind. So he mm-hmm. can, like, he has, like, telekinesis powers and he, like, once he gets into people's heads, he can, like, you know, put their consciousness in somewhere else while their physical body is getting yeah, ravaged. How did you feel about that the first time? 
Uh, well, so it happens like really right off the bat, like page one or two even really, where he's like talking to him and he's like, oh yeah, you're on a beach, but like, oh, they just broke your backbone. Oh, they just ripped your arm off. Oh, they just, as the guy's just like thinking he's like laying there on the beach. But like, I don't know that I fully grasped what was happening at that point in time. So it wasn't until the thing with Grace happened where I really was like realizing what his powers are and like the extent of what he does Mm -hmm. and like how much he like messes with your mind um so the yeah it would the first time i was kind of like oh what what's happening Hmm. okay whatever and then the second time i was like oh shit the second time was like dang and And that was when i realized the like how powerful he is yeah it's like you don't realize because you never see you know again we never see someone like charles xavier do something like that right it's like i think he has his issues but or like for for my dc fans like you know martian manhunter who's a the the alien is he's an alien member of the dust league uh he can read people's minds and Mm -hmm. he's like there's been like plots of like whether or not he should and like he kind of decides to go against using his his going into someone's head unless it's like a super villain with like where's the bomb where's the trigger you know like right. something like that uh but for the most part he understands that that's incredibly invasive i felt like we saw with walt it was like ooh, you know i don't care yeah he's got no boundaries no boundaries and when you have that much power it makes sense to not think you to 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 feel the boundaries don't apply to you right um then, okay, so we had that because I was like, mm-hmm. I just really want to touch on that because mm-hmm. the thing I think Mark Millard does is he uses his brain to really think that, to really think, but also to, he he shows us po- different ways that these powers could work in very intriguing and like menacing ways. I think this mm-hmm. story is very, sometimes comics can just be mean in spirit and I think his books can be kind of mean. I think The Boys is one of those things that's just kind of mean in spirit. It's like, ooh. It's very mean. And so. um it's too mean for me. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I couldn't hear you over the, like, 9.2 you gave it, but anyways. <laughs> I did not. You gave it, like, a 9 season 2. Oh, yeah, I might have. Anyways, so apparently Hannah likes the bad boys, but <laughs> she's knew, like... We knew that. She's like, she's like I could fix the boys, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the... What am I trying to say? Going back to you, how did you feel about his arc of the, then overthrowing the Utopian? Did yeah. you see that coming? I felt like that was kind of out of the blue, and then... Rec- how many people he got to recruit right well that's the thing that's kind of crazy that i'm like maybe it's just because i that was all that i have read but like it's it was i thought it was interesting that like or i wish i had more context to like how he was able to get so many people to turn on on him like obviously they make references to him being super like how his example like the example that you gave of like his reasoning was just because i said so like yeah that's clearly like what the issue is that many people have with him but like the fact that he got the entire like justice league or whatever yeah whatever that is in this world to turn on him and the fact that he recruited his son to do it yeah is like so much proof of how manipulative he is and he didn't even have to like get into brandon's mind to do that he really just kind of like talked to him mm-hmm. and was like you want to do the one you want to be the one to do because like you're pretty strong and then like there was enough in there in him already to do it so his his character is so i mean obviously it's important it's like the most important it's the whole reason for this whole story in the first place <laughs> but like um i forgot where i was going with that Okay. 
I got really distracted because I read Crystal Geyser on that water bottle for some reason. This is how it's going. <laughs> Hannah and I both need some coffee today. So like, Crystal Geyser. You, you were saying how, um, how it's so interesting that he used Brandon. Do you think that... Because you're like, Brandon doesn't have any redemption, whatever. I think he's a pretty terrible, like, dude, obviously. I'm not going to be here. Is he charming, though? I'm like, yes. He's definitely (laughs) charming. Hannah, you literally (laughs) said he's hot, so he's charming. No. You literally did. Yeah, I know I I said that, but that doesn't make him charming. I think that that his frustration with his father is so just, justified. 100%. And that's why I think, you know... It's hard to say that a character earns a death, but when we're, I mean, narratively, and as we're talking about these fictitious characters, I'm obviously mm-hmm. not pro-murder. Every, I'm <laughs> making sure the audience knows. <laughs> um, I think that, uh, I think you, the Utopian's death was earned, and at Brandon's hand, you know, it made the whole thing feel, like, very Shakespearean. Well. Like, like narratively, like, like is, is this not, for, for my fans, like, Hamlet? Mm-hmm. It, it, or or for others, the Lion King. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it, it is uh, is Walt not Scar to Sheldon's Mufasa? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And well, oh, I think I think in in Mufasa. In the, you know that was the way that cold blooded. He's like, he's like. There was like that was really just him wanting power. And is that not what Walt did? Yeah. Exactly. He wanted power, and so yeah, I'm like, he did. And so, and so, to recruit his son is a little more vindictive, a little more villainous, but way more. I know, but also, but also, it what Brandon's perspective, like it was echoed throughout the entire, like yeah, you know, three issues building up. I don't think that Brandon's <clears throat> drug problems or drinking problems or his daddy issues or any of those things are unjustified whatsoever. Yeah. Clearly, Sheldon fucked him up. Yeah. Sorry, messed him up, and like, <laughs> I'm like earmuffs. <laughs> like that is of obvious, and I don't think that Sheldon deserves to be recognized as. Not that he doesn't deserve to be recognized as a hero, because obviously in many instances he was a hero. He saved a lot of people. Great, but like to Brandon, I just think to like kill your dad because he was hard on you. Or like absent is like that is a stretch. Yes, I need. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and also you know it's not. I'm never gonna. It's not completely justified, but I think it. I think the, the, the reasons narratively they gave us for that death to happen mm-hmm. made it like, yeah, I can see why that happened, and like you know it. It shows too because I think what we're going to see because I I read the second volume of this like the sequel book to this one mm-hmm. and, but I don't. I really don't remember any of it. Um, I literally this this was like I read this like a year ago, guys, and this is the this second time is like I was reading it for the first time all over again. I just oh, totally lovely. my my that's how my retention works is like I can get it for like the podcast or for like the week I read it, and then after that I'm just on to the next thing, and so that's why it's a great that this is a weekly <laughs> platform. Um, uh, but with I think what we're, what we're going to see is the. Uh, Chloe has redemption, and and I think we're going to see the redemption of Brandon. That's what I really mm-hmm. think. I don't remember, but um, I no, I that's what I was trying to say was like I, with what I was like, I see, I see where they're taking Brandon's character. Yeah, and like even from honestly, even from when he 
kills his dad and he's kind of like oh i don't know what i'm supposed to do now like i feel like they start to put in these little tones of him being like little they're just like they're like tiny little breadcrumbs of like what we're gonna get like we're gonna see more redemption from him and like a more complete arc i feel like especially because when he like when they went after everything happens and then he's uh is he in the in the white house in that scene with walt Okay. And he's like looking out the window, and Let's there's all these is. people like protesting. Oh, yes, yes, I think he is right. And he's like, "This isn't what we talked about. Like the food lines are even longer, and the people are rioting, and they're protesting. And like you told me, this was gonna be better. This was gonna fix things. Like, and I feel like you start to see that like he's not. He is now seeing the damage that he did, and maybe underestimated what was what his dad's responsibility was and i feel like you just start to see a little part of him being like maybe this was i maybe i was wrong Mm -hmm. but like he doesn't but again i I feel like that's not enough in my mind that's not like redemption because nothing he doesn't do anything about it he just lets walt put him in a fake world where everyone's clapping for him yeah that was mess i'm like oh my gosh so i'm like as of right as of right now i don't have any part of me that is like like feels positively towards him except i understand him except that he's cute though yeah okay really important detail though sure but he's no hutch (laughs) hutch is dreamy as heck man i'm like oof i know all right well hannah we gotta wrap it up but honestly let's just read the next volume and talk about it again that's that's how these things get planned like that all right you just saw a window on the inside um, because, and honestly, I'd love to read, you know, maybe we'll read the next one next week, but maybe I think we can crush the first two volumes. Like the, mm-hmm. I think, I think we're going to see the stuff with Hutch's dad and, uh, and the show comes out in May, right? Show comes out in May. So we're recording this in March and this is going to come out pretty soon, but it's April. <gasps> it's April fool's day. It's April fool's day today. Yeah. When, as we record. So there you go. Happy, happy, uh. April Fool's Day. Um, we're not kidding when we say that we're going to record more. So <laughs> I'm like, that's not an April Fool. Um, okay, Hannah, the last question. What yeah. would you rate this out of 10? Oh, my God. I hate this so much. This is a great question. It is, but it's my least favorite because I'm incredibly indecisive. And then I give a low score and I feel guilty. And then, and then I, I give you, a high score and it, then I feel like, oh, well, then that doesn't leave anything else out there to be a better. That's not true. That is not true. <laughs> I'm like, I have 16 tens. Uh, eight. Eight. Okay. Honestly, a very good score. Um, I'd say, I'd say mm, I don't know. I thought some of the pacing with the book was a little bit off. And, you know, next week, we re- re- next time, we really need to talk about the relationship between Claire and Hutch and their child. Chloe. Because we didn't even... Yeah, exactly. That's how I'm doing today. <laughs> but yeah, April Fools. Chloe, April Fools. It was Chloe. That's why we didn't even talk about that yet at all. I know, and I feel we like really did not even get it, into. That was, I we went on too many tangents. That was half the series, and that is my fault. Okay, so um, let's record at night next time. Maybe, maybe <laughs> TBD. Um, so okay, we are going to go over that next time, and my score is going to be mm, honestly like a seven point five. Oh, see, then that makes me question if I went too high. You know, Hannah, if you liked it, you li- I literally went 0.5 under you. <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay. I'm like, calm down. Yeah, I give it a 7.5. It's good. I just need, I, I guess I wanted more context into all of it. Um, and 
Yeah, but also, and we didn't even mention, Frank Quietly's art is one of my absolute favorites. I think he is one of depicting like humanity or even those above humanity is oh i would what a freaking name too he is amazing and he everything he does i think is just mesmerizing he's a little bit of a divisive artist but i think what he does also there's a shout out to long beach in this book and i'd be remiss if we didn't even mention it well thank you so much for saying that i may i'm tried i I, last night i thought oh talk about that that's why hannah likes hutch because she they found him in long beach and then and then he transported the dude to shark infested waters so love love me long beach bad boy all righty thanks hannah so much for coming on we'll talk more about that later um thank you see you next time Bye. bye